It's the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm Steve Titchener, and on the line, I got John McAlevey. Matt Lachlan will join us later in the week. We're going to do two shows this week. Hey, it's March Madness. we got a lot to cover. Today, we'll get into St. Peter's. We'll talk about Seton Hall. We'll discuss uh, Rutgers as well and uh, talk about uh, what they need to do in the offseason. And uh, we'll talk about the Kevin Willard thing a little bit, too. But again, we have a show later in the week, too. We can get into, uh, deeper into the matchups uh, for the weekend. But, John, let's start with St. Peter's. And you saw my, my article uh, uh, that I put up on the site on moresportsnow.com. And uh, we gave them, what, 90 seconds? It was kind of like, you know, I mean, we're, we're the Jersey Hardwood podcast. This is Jersey basketball. I'm like, hey, hey, congratulations to St. Peter's, who, by the way, beat Monmouth by six points down in Atlantic City. It wasn't like yeah. they blew them out. So you're yep. thinking, what kind of team is this? And, you know, listen, they, they've been amazing. Um, and as Kenny Smith put it, the TNT analyst, the amazing, amazing uh uh, upset of number two Kentucky, and then uh, they beat a team that was at the time was thirty-one and two Murray State, and the Murray State was never in the game. Well, I mean they cut it right to two, but you know they were in control St. Peter's that whole game. And Kenny Smith said, "Listen, they belong. The Cinderella uh, description is is over. This isn't a Cinderella team any longer, and they're they're playing." Yeah. As you know, yeah. like they belong. The good news is, and especially for uh, St. Peter's Peacocks fans and and Garden State Hardwood podcast listeners, is we're going to get to find out because they destroyed everyone's bracket late oh. Friday night when they took down the high and mighty um, Kentucky team, and nobody saw that coming in a million years. Like I said. They destroyed everyone's bracket, and and as a 15 seed, they became only the the 10th 15 seed to win a first round game since they went to that format back in 1985. And the, you know what else was great about that was watching a young coach on the sideline, Shaheen Holloway, doing his thing, and then looking on the other sideline and seeing John Calipari, who has been there and done that, won a national championship, has been everywhere, has sort of been a shady guy wherever he's been sweating like a pig in his suit and looking all sorts of sloppy and getting a little overweight. And I mean, it was, it was a foregone conclusion. He was going to the second round and St. Peter's wouldn't have any of it. They took the game right at Kentucky and they won in overtime. It was, it was tremendous. Really uh, shocked the country. And as you said, crushed brackets. I mean, you know, whatever, like probably like over 90% of the people had come on. Didn't have St. Peter's win in that game. So here the you only go. People that pick St. Peter's were their parents yeah. and their girlfriends. Come on. Right. Right. So uh and graduates. Right. So here we go with 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 St. Peter's uh taking on mighty Purdue now. So that's uh that's going to be a um a quite a challenge. I mean, because they're just so big. I mean, Zach Eady is what? He's seven four, almost three hundred pounds. You know, and he's he's not lightning quick or anything. He's slow and, and slow footed, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. He's, 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 you know, he's got nimble hands and, you know, he, he's, he's pretty good around the basket. I mean, you know, with that size, I mean, he dunks half the time, but my goodness, I mean, how are they going to defend him? I mean, they just don't have the size to, to at least to slow him down. So that's going to be a huge challenge for them. And, uh, and so for, uh, for Friday night, uh, that's going to be a tough go. 
uh, going up against number three, uh, Purdue. Oh, without a question. I mean, you just take a look at St. Peter's roster. They only have two guys on the roster that are six foot ten, um, and their best inside player um, is uh, Casey Nadefo, and he is only six seven. Yeah, he li- makes a living in the painting because he's tough. He just does. He does all the things that he's athletic. You, you want a do-it-all sort of jack-of-all-trades forward to do. Um, he's been really good. And uh, Drame in front is is a big guy. Um, you know, we're going to see. He, you know, he plays about 23 minutes a game. So we're, we're going to see. They're going to they're just going to play their game. They don't care who they're playing. They're just going to do what they do well. And we're going to see. I mean, Cinderella could turn into a, a pumpkin in the first five minutes of the game. They could be down 20 points or they could be tied or, you know, up a couple buckets when you get to that first TV timeout. And, yeah. You know, everybody yeah. goes to their corners it's just the, and um, figure out how this is going to go. It's just the size of them. And even, you know, Trevion Williams is a, is a solid uh, forward as well, man. And he's a 6'10", and he's a big guy too. Uh, Jaden Ivey, they got the athletes. Um, you know, they got the shooters uh, and Stevanovich. And, uh, you know, I just think it's going to be, uh, this is the the biggest challenge. I mean, yeah, well, listen, they, they already, they already took care. They already took care of a number two seed. So why not uh, uh number well, yeah, three seed, me, right? Look, right. We just, it, we blew them off at the end of last thing saying, ah, oh, they're playing Kentucky. Thanks for showing up. Here's your consolation. Yeah, but they're prize. not surprising anybody at this point too. There's going to be a lot of, you know, so. there's, so there's going to be uh, a, a quite a bit of scouting going on and they're yeah. going to, uh, yeah. They got to figure this team out. One thing that uh, my father used to say all the time, and he's he's he was completely right. He would say, "John, the team takes on the character of their coach." Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you watch Shaheen Holloway on the sidelines, it's like they've got six guys on the floor because he's playing the game. I mean, he's running around, he's jumping, he's standing, he's, he's just terrific. So it, the team is not going to back down. They don't care what it says on the front of your shirt. They already took care of Kentucky. They took care of Murray State, as you said, was one point thirty one and two, and now they're going to see a shirt that says Purdue. They don't care. They're going to go out and play their game, and so we're going to get a chance to see what uh, what happens. But um, you know, you're right. That Jaden Ivy is special. Yeah. That guy's going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft. They've got players all over the place, and the good news for St. Peter's is their first round games were out in Indianapolis. Now. The second round is down in Philadelphia, so the whole campus is going to head down there. Look, yeah, so it's a ninety-minute drive, so no getting on a plane or anything. You know, they got to get, get be able to get some practices in. Um, hopefully, and we'll get into this. We'll get into the whole Kevin Willard thing, but hopefully, there won't be any distraction with um, the real possibility that uh, Shaheen Holloway will move on to uh, Seton Hall. Uh, after this is all done, uh, but that's out there now. So it does, I mean, it does add a little color to this, doesn't it, John? Oh, without a doubt. And listen, I mean, he's, he's done gone. a great job. Phenomenal the minute job. the season is over, I mean, he'll go back to campus and he'll go Clear back to campus desk. to clean out his office because right. he'll be heading up South Orange Avenue to, uh, to Seton Hall's campus, ASAP. I mean, that, that is a, foregone conclusion i i would assume but you know what they say about assume you make a you know what out of you and me so um, right. first but, but, things first let's let's say yeah. have their moment let's absolutely let them tee it up down in philly 
and, and talk about, listen, you, we, we've always talked about this, how important guard play is, you know, just to control the tempo of the game and such. And they got really good guards. You know, yeah. Matt, Matthew Lee, Daryl Banks, the third. I mean, guys that can bring up the ball who can shoot a Doug yeah. Eddard. I mean, look at that guy. Where he, I mean, where'd he come from? A Jersey kid? You know what's interesting about him? I have to go back and find some of my old um, scorebooks from coaching in Milburgh. We play Nutley's in our league, and he, he's from Nutley. So I know he went to Bergen Catholic for high school, but I'm assuming, I mean, the kid's as good as he is. He would have been on their, their travel team. I, I wonder if that kid was, you know, knocking in shots against my Milburn team back in the day. I'd have to, as I said, I'd have to go back and look if I could find his name in our scorebook. But, yeah, it's a great story. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just did yeah. a cursory look because, you know, as we said, we really didn't cover St. Peter's at all this year, even though they're in the Garden State. So I did did a quick look at the roster. They only had three guys on their roster that were born in New Jersey. Okay, Eddard is one of them, and yeah. um, you know most of their other players that that see minutes are from, you know, were born outside of New Jersey. I don't know whether they they played predominantly, you know, growing up here, but um, yeah, he's a wonderful story. He looks like he's a '70s. You know, sitcom reject with the hair and the, the cheesy mustache. Oh, it does. But it works for him, and the guy can shoot the rock, man. If you can shoot the ball, there's a spot for you on the floor. And he made some big threes late. He had that runner in the lane that actually won it for um, for St. Peter's over uh, over K- Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, they're just fun. And then he had uh, all his points were late. He didn't do anything by halftime, and he scored money, most of his points toward the end of the game to seal it, pretty much. Got a quick release. Same thing with Murray State. Yeah, he he yeah. made big free throw. The guy shoots ninety percent of the line. Right. You know, you right. talk about guards. Guard play in the tournament is is paramount, and especially guards that make free throws. Man, how many how many games do we watch here where the team, the guy that can step up late in the game and knock in at least the front end of a one and one in a, in a one score game. That guy is king in this type of a scenario. Yeah. Listen, um, it's been an amazing run. Um. And as I said, and I wrote a couple articles on him now, and we're uh, we're we're locked in now. How about a Jersey City? They've got the Run Baby Run Arena, and they've got they're rocking with their uh, 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 watching the games there with their viewing great. parties, and it's it's just it's just great it. great story. I and I know, oh, by the way, what's what's it from us, John? I mean, it's like uh, you know, right up Route One, twenty minutes, and we're in Jersey City. I mean, this is our backyard. So yes. uh, really cool to see St. Peter's take this run. And we'll uh, we'll we'll continue to follow it. Let's talk about the other guys. Uh, you know, Seton Hall. Wow. Um, the TCU team is is obviously solid. They gave Arizona all they could. Uh, oh, but um, that was the game of the tournament. Yeah, but listen, um, they Seton Hall man couldn't score. I mean, I mean, you know, everybody knows now. Kevin Willard moving on. It was announced today is moving on to Maryland. Uh, wondering if they knew if there possibly could have been a distraction there. They just, you know, a long travel out to the West Coast and just really weren't ready to play. I mean, what? I mean, I don't think that TCU was that much better. And it was just, uh, it was a blowout from the jump. It was it was never a game. And, and I hate those because sometimes that happens. And I, and I feel yeah. bad for Seton Hall fans because they had to wait late. That game didn't start till around 10 because, you know, they were out in San Diego. I'm happy for the Seton Hall fans that went out there and got a chance to hang around in beautiful San Diego for a little while. But little while, but once they teed it up and got it going, it was it was over and it was over early. I didn't see that coming. I mean, 
TCU, as you said, looked like the you know the '84 Lakers with uh, the Showtime Lakers. All you need to do is look at their Seton Hall's best player, Jared Roden, fouled out in 18 minutes. He had five points. He was riddled with fouls really early. Um, Kevin Willard tried to leave him in. He picked up his third there in the first half, and you know once that happened, it was all over. I mean, 69 to 42. They scored 42 points. I yeah. think that's obviously the lowest output they had all year long, but mm-hmm. sometimes these games happen where it starts to go, you know, sideways. And I know he burned his time out and there was just no, there was no way they could come back. They actually went in at the half only down nine, which I thought, you know, I was texting with my buddies that I went to high school with who were Seton Hall graduates. And I said, Hey, listen, after that lousy, lousy first half, for you to go in under 10 points is a win. But then they came out in the second half, and TCU scored like the first seven or eight. And from there, it was Katie gar- bar the door. Garbage like the time. last 15 yeah. minutes, as, yeah. as the great Marv Albert, Albert used to say, extended garbage time because it was it was unwatchable. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough uh, rough afternoon for, for the Pirates who just really couldn't get it going. Nothing worked. Oh, uh, again, back to – yeah. who they were all year long. Yeah. That, that was not the team they were all year long. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about the whole Bryce Aiken thing, but, you know, yes, that hurt. But listen, it's not as if Bryce Aiken is, you know, a first-team All-American. He's going to be a lottery pick in the draft. Yeah, and, and you, you know, know you, you got to give TCU credit, man. They're very good. Mike Mike Miles is a really good point guard, man. And that guy's sure. tough. And they gave – they all they darn near upset uh, – Arizona so you know Seton Hall was was it was going to be a rough time rough go uh either way getting into the second round but just you hope that they at least it was a little closer and I wonder if there was a little hangover there John uh if there was any um um idea that that uh Willard was on the move and um maybe they didn't get the effort uh that they hoped they would I I don't know if there was an effect on the player I'm just speculating uh, but it, it certainly was a um, it certainly was a, a rough afternoon. And then, yeah, it was the, it yeah. was the worst kept secret. Yeah. out there. I mean, yeah. it was the worst because, kept secret because I, we're, when we're Kevin talking w- about that yeah. for a while, when Will, Willard know, I was asked, I he I, and I just saw a quote, and it was after it was it was maybe the following day, but he said, "I don't know what's going to happen, but if Shaheen Holloway gets the Seton Hall position, I'll be it'll, nothing would make me more happier." I'm, it's kind of like, well, th- th- it sounds like, okay, you're gone. I mean, that's yeah. what that that's what that statement says to me. It was right after the game. It wasn't oh, the following oh, 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 it was. Okay. Wow. And okay. here's the quote. I found it. Okay. I found it because I knew we were going to talk about this. Okay. Here's his quote. I'll give you exactly what I can tell you. I have an agent who I haven't talked to yet, which is baloney. I don't know who he's talking to. I have absolutely no idea. But when I get home, I'll talk to my agent and discuss things. I've had three different agents in the last month. My original agent I had for 12 years uh, went into TV broadcasting. I'll be honest with you. If I'm not here next year, I'd love if Shaheen Holloway is here. That would be the happiest thing to happen to me. So he's all right. That's so, right after the game. All right. So he was gone. Fine. I mean, yeah. Got- I mean, listen, you no, know, he has the right to look. Listen, he's getting more money. He's got, uh, I don't want to say that it's a step up going from the Big East to the Big Ten, but it's a step up in terms of the school, in terms of, I mean, it's just a bigger school. 
um, with more resources. I'm not going to knock Seton Hall at all. They've got you know, they've done a great job with their basketball program. Again, another another program right in our backyard in South Orange, right here. Um, but yes. you know, they, they, you know, Big Ten. They got the resources. They got a huge university, eighteen thousand seat arena on campus. Um, and you know, Maryland, man, they'll spend the money, and they did. And so he's yeah. got he's got a sweet deal. I just think maybe it could have been handled better in terms of the the, the communication of it. I guess like yeah. rumors fly fast, and I guess it's hard to control. So yeah. you know, and then um, of course, you know, going in the, the announcement today on a Monday, I you know with with Shaheen Holloway still, um, you know, coaching an improbable run for a, a team that's just got that's shown heart and soul. Just I, I yeah. wish it could have been pushed to a later announcement. Well, like, let's it, let's get listen, through the tournament and then go from there. Why did it have to be all on a Monday? I, I don't know, but because he's got to get out on the road and recruit. He's got to go find people. He's got to get. Jesus, I will Not good this year. Well, I guess every and, hour. I guess every hour counts, John. Can't wait till yeah, next Monday. No, okay. You know, I mean, I don't know if this is a dead. Period. I, I'm assuming this is a dead period. <laughs> I would think it would be. It's March Madness, on. man. I don't yeah, know. I, listen, so, I, whatever. I don't. I don't know the ebb and flow of how this all should go down. I'm just thinking. I just think it's unfortunate that. It, can I tell you something? It could. Read, it could um, be a distraction to a certain extent, or maybe not. I think it, you I know. I read a um, when all this came down. I read a tweet, um, and I think it's the best one that I've seen. And when it when, after I read it to you, I'll tell you who it comes from. It says Kevin Willard owes nothing to Seton Hall and the team's fans. He took over a program in need of work and put it back on track. Winning hoops, regular participant in the NCAA tournament, improved recruiting, players graduated. He left the place much improved. Good luck with Maryland. Sounds you like Jerry Carino. No, it was the great Matt Lockley. Oh, it was Matt. All right. Yeah, All right. I think he hit the ball right on the head. It was perfect. Right. Thank it- you for your time. You left it a better place than you found it. Good luck to you. And now Seton Hall will, you know, find their next guy. But listen, I mean, it's not as if Maryland is is like UCLA, the John Wooden UCLA team that he's running to some great program. Yes, they have better facilities. Yes, they probably have more money and 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 outreach and you know maybe that good recruiting base there in the Baltimore Washington area. But they're going to want him to win ASAP. Yeah, and the, oh, the pressure will be on. Down. Yeah. Yeah, and, You know, when you think of the Big Ten, Maryland doesn't jump out at me as this, oh, my God, I got to go to Maryland. Because it's, wow, it's got a good you know, ba- good basketball legacy. It's got a good history. Lefty Drizel, all the, all the uh, uh, coaches. Um, you know, Turgeon did. Williams he, won a tor- yeah. tournament. But right. Tur- Turgeon did a pretty good that. job. Did a pretty good job um, before he left. They've got some talent to work with. I think and he's a good coach, man. He's a good coach. Now, I would just say, oh, and, and Matt's Matt's correct. Matt's completely, I, I agree with all that. I just think, can, it, can the communications of it been handled a little better? I, I would say that that, that can be called for, into question. For, for guys to go in to, to small, small Catholic schools like Seton Hall, like Providence, like St. John's, I won't even put Villanova in it because he's on a, a different echelon. But for guys to go in and, and win, at programs like that who have meager campuses, they don't have, you know, really diverse campuses. They don't have all the, you know, the luxuries that you're talking about for them to go in and win at places like that. You've got to be good at your craft because you're not getting McDonald's all Americans. 
you're winning with guys who were like fringe top 250 and 300 guys. It and, sounds like you're describing Ed Cooley how, there, uh, Fryer, man. Yeah, I mean, Ed Cooley, we don't have a top 100 recruit on the whole roster. Right. So, you know, you got to get creative. You go to the portal, you take a guy here, and then you coach him up. Which, then, by the way, let's yeah. just, just because we brought up the Friars, man, Richmond was looking real good, and that was a full stop to any Cinderella story there, man. I yeah. mean, you know, 12 seed, yeah. they were looking really good, took out Iowa. And, yeah. uh, you know, and but uh, the Friars would have none of it. They were never in that game. So, you know, that was you know. Um, that's the best they've played, Steve, in a couple of years. I just hope it didn't come one game too soon, because with Kansas, the Jayhawks on the horizon, I hope we didn't play our perfect game and then go out and get Richmond by uh, by Kansas and get get run over. I hope it's I hope it's a game in the second half, the, la- the final five minutes, and I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. Well, we'll see, man. He's just got those blue blood programs always sitting there for you. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. even like you know, Izzo did a great job with Michigan State, and, and they took a real good run at Duke, but just couldn't, you know, couldn't get over that hump, man. Those guys, those teams are so good, which is why we go back to this improbable run by St. Peter's, man, and beating Kentucky, man. It really is. Yep. It really is something. Uh, so hey, let's take a break, um, and we'll come back. Let's get let's dig into Rutgers a little bit and put that uh, put the uh, what they did in the whole season to bed. And then again, we're uh, we're going to be back on Thursday. We're going to talk about it a lot more. But let's take a break, and, uh, and we'll get into Rutgers a little bit. At LG Insurance Agency, our exceptional staff of agents shop seven insurance carriers to help you get the best pricing and value for your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is the destination for all of your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood podcast, sponsored by our good friends at LG Insurance. We're going to do a couple shows this week because um, this, uh, this tournament demands it. A lot going on. So uh, we'll have Matt Lachlan on... Uh, on Thursday, I'll get into a lot with him. And John, listen, uh, the Rutgers season was saved. I'll say that. They ended up 18 and 14. You know, it wasn't looking good uh, mid-season, January, February. But they go on that improbable run. You know, they're one of the last teams to be picked. They gave it a go, man. What a great game against Notre Dame. You know, a kind of a tough draw. I mean, very similar teams. And uh, they gave it a great go. I mean, Geo hits that um, hits that jump shot in regulation that he's hit thousands of times, and they they win the game. I mean, that game was it went, could have gone either way. It was just the way it goes. You know, Notre Dame ended up getting the last shot there, that layup by Atkinson. Atkinson absolutely killed Rutgers. Hard to find fault in anything. I mean, it was just a great game. I you know I will say you know. Why they couldn't figure out Atkinson, I'm not sure. Amori didn't have a great uh, a defensive game against him, but you know they went man the whole time. Well, you know, I tell you what, you know they were getting beaten up by Indiana at Indiana, and uh, they switched to a zone, and it was very effective. I you know I wondered why uh, why uh, Coach Peichel didn't try at least try a zone to slow him down. Um, I just thought there were a couple things could have been done there. I mean, even you know. They actually had a pretty good offensive output. Just defensively, they weren't the same, John. No, they weren't. And, you know, I hate to pick on anybody in particular, but, you know, if I were a big 
Rutgers alum like yourself and with living and dying with, with these games, the guy to me that is just maddening that at times I'm screaming at the TV set is Paul Mulcahy. I mean, yeah. he was billed as this, you know, cerebral point guard who was going to come in and really turn the program around. And I mean, he made a big three at one point, but that guy to me makes more mistakes and is involved in more situations where he is a detriment. You know, I'm screaming at the TV, like either a get him out of the game or B put him on a shorter leash. Don't let him be so, you know, instrumental in, in, in the biggest place in the game. I mean, the guy just to me is, I don't know. He, he drives me crazy. As a, you know, as a I mean, it's, fan. it's just inconsistency. Cause he's been brilliant. Oh, Johnny's been brilliant in games and not small games either. I mean, in Michigan State, he was brilliant against Purdue. Matt Painter was like, man, who this guy? He was talking about him being an NBA player. Matt Painter yeah. from Purdue. Well, that's not going to happen. Now, well, you know, I mean, he doesn't see him as much, obviously. But that day, that night, he, he certainly uh, looked like one. And there, there's times where he has been just an incredibly efficient player, especially when they went on that run. You know, there's inconsistencies there. I'm still of the belief, man, that if you can do it once, you can do it again and again and again and again. And so I, I, uh, I, he remains a mystery in that sense is that he really did, you know, he had some great games, but then he regressed and it's just really kind of puzzling. I love, I love for him to just, you know, watch Colin Gillespie play, man. I mean, I, I get it. It, it. You know, he's, he's a great player, but you know, it, it, the, the, he, you know, he breaks, he gets into the lane, he breaks down the defense, but he doesn't try to, I mean, Paul Mulcahy is always trying to put the ball in these tiny spaces and threading the needles in really tight spaces. It's very difficult to do. And, and it gets stolen, you know, balls get stolen all the time. And, you know, Gillespie gets in the lane and he, he finds his man. He makes the right pass. And, and Paul has done that too. So it's, it's kind of, um, it, it's, it's a little puzzling to see him play so well one game and then struggle in another, now I understand obviously coaches are keying on him, and some coaches have a different plan than others. You know, but he's a guy, he's a bigger guy. He can back uh, smaller guards down into the lane. Um, he can shoot, but yet he seems to be indecisive at times with that. He certainly was earlier in the season. I mean, he would you know, give up on an op- wide open uh, 10 footer uh, to pass it. Uh, then he started getting that together where he was hitting his shots and also. He was an assist machine, and he really was playing well. And his defense is pretty good. Um, you know, sometimes a quick guard will blow by him, but that's, that's going to happen. Um, yeah. You know, these are these are these are you know some of these players are going on to the NBA, man. I mean, you, you got you know Blake Wesley. You know, come on, that that kid uh, was impressive. But uh, yeah, you're, you're I I understand what you're saying, and a lot of uh, Rutgers fans are, are you're scratching their heads a bit there. But still, he's a he's a uh, when he's on, he's a terrific player. It's just well, cons- that's the problem. Consistency, right? On, Consistency. You know, the, the, the bigger problem is now that Geo and Ron Harper Jr. are gone now. So this is really going to be Mulcahy's team. I, I really don't know what to make of what Rutgers is going to be next year because I, I don't know. I, yeah, they, they're gonna they're gonna I, fall off. No idea what. I mean, if you were to throw out a starting five for next year, you'd have Mokehi, you'd have Omori, and who else? Well, look. Milwaukee. If you look at the last two games, look at the last two games, John. Zero bench points. Zero bench points. Yeah. Now, and and you know what, Coach Peichel is. You know, he's 
he's leaning heavy on his starters, and that's what he decided to do. Uh, but even Dean Reber's not even getting in the mix. Mawat Mag, he's got guys uh, who showed so some ability. Five next year, right? If you were to throw it out right now, who would it be? Well, here's the thing that no one's talking about, and I'd like to address. Okay, the portal. Caleb McConnell's got one more year left. Now, listen to me here, John. Listen to me. He was pretty impressive. Now, granted, he went home. Maybe he was comfortable at home in front of his fans and such. I mean, he played 48 minutes, 11 rebounds, 23 points, and he looked good. He was a sure, you know, he had he had a good-looking shot, okay? He was playing with confidence, and I'll go back to it. If you can do it once, you can do it again and again and again. Can he develop an offensive game? Not to be the first choice for Rutgers next year. I'm not saying that. But a guy who can be really solid because you know what? He's a phenomenal defensive player. Okay. And he's a na- I think he's a natural leader. He, he really gets the energy up for this team. And I think he can be a big part of next year's team if he decides to come back. He's got another year of eligibility. All right. Why wouldn't he come back? Where is he going to go? Exactly. I mean, he can go to Europe. He can try overseas. Maybe he's done with the whole school thing. I don't know. He just doesn't want it. I don't. And he just wants to move on and maybe try his hand as a pro. I don't think is he going to make an NBA G League or something. I'm not sure about Never. that. Okay. No, so not a chance. So then, could he possibly work his butt off in the off season? Really work on his offensive game. Defensive game's not going to go anywhere, man. That's what he is. But really work on his offensive game and and be a consistent offensive player, which makes him a more well-rounded player. And who knows what his prospects are for next year? Really, well, he's he can- never going to be a twenty-three and eleven guy. I mean, that was that was the game of his life. And and I was laughing because the announcers, uh, Avery Johnson, kept saying, "We got to get the ball to M- McConnell. We got to. Why are they going away from McConnell?" I'm, I'm screaming at the TV set, like, "Dude, you haven't watched them play all year long." He's a glue guy. He's a fourth option on this team. He's having the game of his life. That's why when they when they satellite these these guys in to, to cover the, the NCAA tournament, like Barkley and and um, and Kenny Smith, these guys don't watch college game all year long. They have no idea who any of these players are. Great. So for Avery Johnson to make a big deal like they weren't given Geo shots or they weren't given Ron Harper shots, I thought that was laughable. Caleb McConnell, as you said, is a jack of all trades. He's a tremendous defensive player. Could they want that back next year? Absolutely. But he's never going to be like an option offensively where you're going to say, all right, let's, let's run a play for Caleb McConnell. Well, yeah, I mean, he'd be a second or third option, but he'd be a guy where you're not completely giving it up. Like for example, when they had Jalen Miller on the floor and he was a defensive specialist or whatever, I mean, the guy, I think he had orders to absolutely not shoot. Even if it's a layup, the guy never scored. It was like on offense, it was four on five. Uh, it was it was a difficult um, uh, way to go with, it. And, it, and interestingly enough, Jaden Jones never saw the court. Um, and this guy showed a lot of ability to me earlier in the season. Now, um, if in case you're not aware, and I, uh, we were talking about, it, I guess, brief, a, a little bit, he um, he declared for the draft. Uh, uh, yeah, he declared for the draft. And what it's, draft? The military draft, not the NBA. No, draft. the no the NBA draft. So. Um, and I, you know, I think he knows he's got to know that he's not getting drafted, but, um, you know, I, I think it might've been a pretext to then, you know, when, when they say, Hey, you need some more time, son to say, Hey, I've got to go elsewhere. 
uh, to to pursue my MBA dream. Because I, I'll tell you, I mean, I can read this thing from Twitter here, and it doesn't sound like he's coming back. I'm beyond grateful yeah. and consider myself blessed to have been a part of Rutgers Nation for the past year and a half. I would like to thank Coach Pike and the Rutgers staff for giving me the opportunity to grow my game, play for the best fans in college basketball. I've gained a lot from my experience as a Scarlet Knight, and I've grown tremendously because of it. Thanks to my teammates for pushing me to be better every day. I enjoy the ride. I mean, we've yeah, yeah, we've heard this similar um, type of tweet. Thanks to Rockers Nation fans. I'll never forget the energy at Jersey Mike's Arena. Loud cheers uh, after I scored will always be remembered. And that, does this sound like a guy who's coming back? My dream has always been to play in the NBA. After prayer and discussing this with my family, I've heard that line before. I feel that there is no better time than now to pursue the dream as I will be entering the 2022 NBA draft. God is great, JJ45. So he's moving on clearly because, you know, it, you know, I, I cannot imagine unless we're missing something that an NBA team's going to be going to take him on, um, whether he was that highly touted out of high school. But it's certainly once they tell him, hey, you need some more seasoning, probably come back and say, I'm entering the transfer portal. I want to find another opportunity elsewhere to pursue my NBA dreams might be the next thing in line there, but it certainly sounds like he's moved on. I mean, to that, I would say, I look, I'm not in on the practices. I just don't understand why he couldn't have gotten on the court a little bit more um, toward, you know, throughout the whole season and toward the end. And then when he was, you know, when they got it, you know, Pike got the last time he got on the court, he looked so tentative and so out of it. It just seemed like anything that had any kind of momentum he had was gone and I was very concerned that he was going to move on. And look, that's, that appears to be what's happening. Did that sound to you like a possibility that he might be coming back, John? No. <laughs> Will you read that? So four-star recruit. He's a guy who had a lot of offensive ability and showed it. I know Pike leads with defense. Hey, listen, he, you know, he just signed an extension. I completely agree with it. He's done a great job since he's gotten here. Let me tell you something. As a coach that we've discussed before, I coach at a a low lower level eighth grade recreation, but it's a, it's a select team. So the kids can play when, when I have parents that call me or email me or text me about, you know, why isn't Jimmy playing? I, I have the, you know, I just say to myself, if, if I thought that Jimmy could help me win, do you think that I'd have him buried on the end of the bench? You know, and, and I don't get paid millions of dollars. Steve Pinkel is making millions of dollars to do this. If he thought that this young man could help him win, he would put him in the game. Damned if you do, damned if you don't, John. Then he whiffed on a four-star recruit. He thought he had the right guy, and apparently he didn't if he's saying that he had no chance with this guy. He didn't even give a shot to develop him. So he's what? gone. So you got a four-star recruit that is gone, okay? Well, maybe, the, so, maybe the recruiting experts right. whiffed. Maybe yep. they were the ones That's that okay. sold him a bill of Well, goods. but he's watching the tape. He's bringing him in. He thinks he's Rutgers material. They're pursuing yeah, him. Well, you know, well, then I guess I, look, look, I, ride, look, we can't ride two seniors and he was going to go down with that shit. Here's the thing. If he plays this kid a lot, and he struggles and they don't make the NCAA tournament. Guess what? Michael's out of a job. Right. OK. Well, I mean, so, look, so here's he's here's the thing ride with his, you know, ride or let, die. Guy. Let me that put it the best way I can, because I, I, I want I, I love Coach Peichel and he's he's the right guy and he, he has done a phenomenal job. You know, it would be three straight uh, tournament uh, appearances. I mean, they missed the COVID year, yes, but it would definitely would have been three. It's pretty incredible uh, 
this year they were um uh you know expected to go to the tournament and it looked a little rough there for a little while they went 18 and 14 there was a couple hiccups it wasn't perfect he did a great job settling everybody down and getting them to play and and going on that run at the end of the year and making the tournament it was really a a, a phenomenal job but but I'll say this I mean you know that you know everybody loved that Iowa game, which they won at home at the rack, where I think they'll win twelve games a year without a problem. I mean that place is ridiculously loud. I'm there for every game. Uh, there's there there's not an arena as loud as that place, man. There's just not. I mean I put it up against you know I've never been to Cameron or anything, but I'm wondering, man, that place is ridiculous. And so they're going to have an ability to play at home and really shake the other team. No matter even if even these big, big time, big 10 teams, man, they, they, it gets in their head. There's no question about it. And that's a great home court advantage. So he's got that going, but they struggled away on the road. And so let's go back to Iowa and that rock fight. It's, it's going to be a rough go, John. It's going to be a rough go, you know, attempting to win a rock fight every night. You're taking guys and you're and you're and you're getting you're squeezing the so much effort out of them. But what you know what I'm getting to? What am I getting into? In the end of the day, you you gotta get good players. You gotta get four star players, or I don't think that they, they can ever push in consistently into the upper half of the Big Ten. And unfortunately, if you don't have players, you're not gonna win. And I tell you and Matt, every year I pick my team. I'll let you know the night that I'm choosing my team if I'm going to have a successful season or not. Because as good of a coach as I think I am, and these these guys that are in these colleges, as good as they think they are, they're all running the same stuff. But at the end of the third, three, the double screen, if your guy's going to shoot him off the side of the basket, you're going to be out of a job in four years. And that's, you know, you you got to have players. Players win the games, you know, and so. We will see well, if they well, can start I mean, to so, break into that upper echelon recruiting line. But if you get listen, here here's where his coaching ability really shines through. He gets he gets to Rutgers and he says, you know what, we're gonna win, we're gonna work our butts off. We're gonna make the we're gonna start with defense first. We're gonna work our tail off and we're gonna make this work. And he did. He did. He 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 escalated that defense to a point, and really, it just a, a, they had you know for years now have had a, a stifling defense, especially at the rack. But they've always been challenged to consistently score, score at a consistent level. Because yeah. when they can yeah. score, man, it boom, they win. It's it, 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 yeah. you know, um, but they're uh, they've had a trouble scoring at a consistent level. So you get those players. Like a perfect example would be a Caleb McConnell. You get those players that excel on the defensive end of things and and and, and buy into the philosophy and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you got to have p- uh, players who can score too, and that has been uh, an issue. Uh, hey, so far, I'm happy. So, I'm happy that Coach Pike got his extension this year because if you you're th- if you're saying that they have trouble scoring, what the heck is next year going to look like without uh, you know? I mean, listen, Ron Harper Jr. and without Geo Baker. Well, I mean, listen, right uh, now they might not score in the 40s next year. Who the heck is going to Mulcahy's Mulcahy's going to have to step up and be consistent. Cliff oh, Cliff Omori has got is got to stay. Yeah, we it's not even a, a, a automatic that that Omori will will you, you assume that he's going to stay around and develop. Listen, I mean, he's going to develop into a jump, phenomenal player. What if player. Omori jumps yeah. in the portal? What if he goes? Oh, that'd be terrible. Don't even don't even talk, don't, don't even say it. Don't even say it. But hey, he, you know, there's rumors w- out there. I've heard rumors from one of my big okay. Rutgers alumni guys that's telling me they're petrified 
that'll more oh, no, be, jump in the portal. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. Be really bad next year Steve. because because he's could he could, he's going to develop even more so into into a dominant player. So you got Mulcahy, at, you know, at, at at the point. Um, you know, Mori obviously uh, at, at center. Uh, you know, Moat Mag, Andre Hyatt. Um, you know, Jaden Jones is gone. He was supposed to be there. A parent is supposed to step in there. Um, Jalen Miller uh, can can uh, run the point as well. Um, Dean Reber will come in. They have to hit the portal. They have to get some size. They have to get someone they to back to up hit, Cliff Omori. They have to find two starters in the yeah, portal. Yeah. guys that are going to be There's no question. immediate no question. double double-digit so, minute guys. Yeah, and I say and I say Brink try to get Caleb McConnell back if you can get McConnell oh, back. He doesn't come back. I, I think. Well, a lot of people back, say. A lot they of people win five games in the Big Ten next year. Uh, they're it's going to be a struggle. They're, they're going to take a step back, and then you know it just goes back to recruiting again. I mean, he proudly said that he's a two-star recruit kind of guy because he and I get what he's saying there. He wants he wants high character guys that that are willing to work their butts off, and he wants to find those guys. And, and um, you know, it's it, it's fine uh, in terms of what, how it's how it's uh, worked so far. But I think it's at some point um, you really gotta you really gotta land those four star recruits. You really do. If well, you, he's been there a number of years, and he yeah. I think the only one that he really hit on was Montez Mathis, who's now at St. John's. And, oh, and Cliff, Cliff Omori. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So and listen, well, this is funny. We're gonna to tie this conversation up in a bow. We're gonna get um, twice twice more instead of once a year. We're going to get twice a year with Peichel against Kevin Willard. Now that he's at the yeah. Big Ten. Now he's at, yep, now in Maryland. So How about that? Yeah. And Shahina Holloway will do a great job with Seton Hall, who they'll, yeah. get, who they'll get once, we'll one get, a year, uh, once we'll a year as well. But hey, listen, let, let me say that again, uh, Steve Peichel has done a phenomenal job, uh, but it's, you know, still have to look into this program and see where the challenges are. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, listen, they just didn't, you know, they didn't get get it done at the portal uh, last year. AG just didn't work out. Not his fault. It really wasn't big enough. I mean, they really needed a backup center in that spot and they'll, they'll be out there. But, um, terrible. you know, uh, so they that didn't work out so much. And they just have to um, they, they have they're going to have to get didn't really work out either. He was yeah. Nice, well, I mean, he's still know, he, but he's still got years. He's still got two more years of eligibility. And yeah. and he's also um, a good athlete who I think um, I think can step into the role and and and, and you know oh, listen. Oh, he's a starter next year. Yeah, there's they no question, else. no question. And Mawat Mag yeah. showed some so showed some ability too. Dean Reber showed some ability. So they've got guys that have showed some ability. There's no question. It's just the man. You've got to get some help there, and that's really what's yep. what's got to happen. Yeah, we'll and get, then, uh, we'll talk more about yeah, it with Mr. Matt later we, in the week. We certainly will. So uh, that'll wrap uh, this week's show. Uh, March Madness is on, so we've got a lot to talk about. So we'll come b- back later in the week and uh, and get Matt on and, and and talk about the matchups over the weekend. We'll go outside of New Jersey, too, and just talk about some other things that were going on with March Madness. Uh, so I'm Steve Titchener here with John McAlevey. I want to thank our sponsor, LG Insurance. And, and listen to us on, you know, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher. Uh, wherever you find your uh, your podcast, you'll you'll find us. We'll also check out our site, moresportsnow.com. I wrote a couple articles with this whole St. Peter's things going. Had to had to cover that for sure. So um, yeah, it's uh, exciting stuff. So we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you later in the week. Bye bye. 
The Jersey Hardwood Podcast is written and produced by Steve Titchener with co-hosts Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. The show is edited and mixed by Justin Coy at Sound Lounge, New York City. 